This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sally still selling seashells down by the seashore because she's a grown woman addicted to crack. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that hopefully you rewatch. I'm Zach. <laughs> and I'm Frank. And today we are here to talk about rewatchable films. And I know, like a good 80% of our topics, it's very subjective. Right. It's our opinion. Yeah. Don't sue us if we didn't pick your movie. But, you know. You could sue us. Yeah, you could sue us. We don't have much. (laughs) Yeah, what are you going to get, you fucking idiots? (laughs) You can't get much from us. But anyways, I think that there is a point to rewatchable films where it's like, there are those films out there that, like, you really, really love. And, like, that's that's something that's hard to capture is the ability to have rewatchability and not be bored watching it over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, and that's very hard to do in most films. Yeah. Um, I will say I did not put There Will Be Blood in my in my thing mm. because, I mean, I've only rewatched that movie 800 times. Yeah, I know. But uh, I was like, I can't do it. I can't. I, I look, it, That one's a given. So, yeah. like, that's my – that's like when you're playing bingo. That's like your – you know, the first one that you get. That's mm-hmm. – okay. Yeah, the free that. space yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, that's my free space. <laughs> uh, how many did you do? I did, like, my normal five. Um, I have five as well. All right. Well – uh, I'll throw it out there again. I put There Will Be Blood like as an honorable mention for it, too. Yeah. Um, first one, though, I'm going to get the stupid one out of the way. I'm going to get the one that you're not going to like out of the way. Wow. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas. It. It's, I know. I know you don't like the movie. Um, Boo. <laughs> Everybody, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You suck! <laughs> oh, come on, that one guy in the distance. <laughs> Anyways, um... Yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas, I I just had to put it on my list because, like... I guess, you know what's funny is that I never even... I didn't even think about, like, a holiday film because mm -hmm. that makes the most sense. Right, like, something that, like, you watch during the holidays and, like, Nightmare Before Christmas being that weird one where it's, like, you can watch it Halloween and Christmas time. Yeah. Like, it's very odd and my fiancé, like, loves to watch it, so, like, she's always making us watch it, but at the same time, too, it's, like, when it comes around that time, I'm gonna watch it, too. Yeah, my girlfriend and her family every year they watch um, uh, National Lampoon's the Christmas one, whatever yeah. that one is called. Um, I think it's Christmas Vacation or yeah. something, most likely. Uh, that one. Uh, I I, that, I watched it for the first time. I believe it was last year. Mm. And now every year, like every every year, they're just like, yeah, we watch this every year. So now <laughs> I know that that's gonna be a part of like my tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably going to be in my in my thing. But uh, yeah, this it's funny that I didn't even think about that. Of course, that like a holiday film makes the most sense. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, I have some choices that right. are not holiday. Well, um, then I already have a one up on you. Yeah, you do. All right, so <laughs> I wanted to talk about uh, 2018's Bad Times at the El Royale. Ah, you actually um, really like that. I film. love that movie. You know, it's funny um, too because, like, when I said we were gonna do it, I was like, I was scared. I was like, you're gonna think this is a Tarantino ripoff, and like, it's, it's so not be funny. That good. It's so funny because all I hear is about that film is like oh yeah it like i remember when that movie was coming out people made me not want to watch it mm-hmm. because they're like it's a bad it's a bad version of a tarantino film it's like a guy who essentially saw like you know a handful of tarantino films was like i can do that yeah i feel completely opposite to that I really, really like that movie a lot. I think that it has its own unique twist to it. I think that it is it is it might be a little long, mm-hmm. but um But Jeff Bridges, man. He's everything the the cast is fucking star studded. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack is incredible. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of the best soundtracks <laughs> to a movie. Like 
every every freaking song is just perfect. The camera is beautiful. Like everything, like the camera movements, mm-hmm. the opening shot of I think it's Dakota Johnson coming into the hotel, mm-hmm. and like that beautiful sweeping shot of her like following her along in uh, in the car going around the kind of like roundabout that she's going through pulls up to the thing. Incredible. The mystery aspect of it, like who's who, everybody's got a kind of got like a weird thing going on. Everything about the movie worked for me. It's such a good, just mystery filled with great dialogue, incredible characters. Um, it's dirty, it's scummy, but at the same time, it's like super clean. Um, I just loved every. I loved everything. I love all the characters. I think Hemsworth did a really good job yeah, playing was, a cult leader. I was gonna say like very surprising casting for Chris Hemsworth, like prime Thor time. Yeah. And like he's a cult leader, yeah, and it just works. It does. It works so well. Um, yeah, it's just it's a movie that for me, it's just like any time that it's on, I'll I'll just sit. Through. It's kind of like a Forrest Gump situation where mm. it's like it's on the TV. I'm just gonna where whatever <laughs> point it's on, I'm just gonna watch it. Just like, gonna hang out with it. Yeah, it's just it's a great great movie that I that I really really adore. Hmm. All right, next one for me. Uh, again, most of my picks, if not all of my picks, are ones that I've at least watched like five times. Yeah. Um, The Lighthouse. Ooh. I had to. It's just so well done. <laughs> I love it. I love showing people them. Like, so far, I've watched it with... We went to go see it in theaters, you and I. Um, I showed twice. My, yeah, I showed, I showed my brother in theaters. I showed my fiancé at home. I showed my dad at home. So yeah. it's like, I've just been showing everybody this movie. And I, I absolutely love it. I think it's, like, one of the best films to come out in a long time. Um, just because of like how secluded it is of Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Pattinson at this point in time, like really picking his roles of like weird things and branching out more of like that. Oh, you're from Twilight. Right. Which has made me love him as an actor. Yeah. And as a person. Um, and then the choice of like black and gray, the mystery aspect of kind of like this mythological slash like very hp lovecraft style to it yeah like it just ticked all the boxes for me very good movie can mm-hmm. i ask you can i ask you a question zach, mm. zach can i ask you a question why did you I? spill your beans no yeah. um now that we've kind of been sitting with it for a while mm-hmm. let's give our quick thoughts on the northman Oh man, it was like the most testosterone filled movie I've I've watched. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it too. There um, was one thing about the film that I was like, "Oh, this is so super strange," which was like the CGI like tree thing. Yeah. Which was like it threw me off so much because that was I like, wasn't expecting it at all. That was like the one thing that I had going against it. I was like, "Why do we need like this?" Yeah, CGI. like I, I understood it. Like I get mm. like the metaphor of it and, and the, oh, yeah. like what it what it represents. But like everything else was so practically yeah. done. And like, like it's just even, such a noticeable CGI. Even tree. the fucking volcano fight like <laughs> looks like they're on a volcano. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it was a really good film overall. Um, it took me a little while to like kind of I think really kind of appreciate it. Um, oh, you didn't like it when you first went to I, I was very on the fence about mm. it. And then the more and more I sat with it, of course, the more I was like, I think it was awesome. I still haven't had a chance to rewatch it. I really want to. Yeah, me um, neither. But like I from going to the theaters and seeing it, yeah. I was just like, wow, I really What an like insane this. theatrical experience, yeah. though. I mean, the movie is just... Dude, the opening with fucking Willem Dafoe is yes. like, it is just insane. And the, vol- the volcano going off. And that was like the moment, too, where I was like, this is just Star Wars. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just Star Wars. No, that was the moment because I went into this movie 
movie scared because it's like yeah. Robert Edgar is getting a big budget. A $90 and not, million dollar budget. Yes, and not working with A24, I was nervous. Yeah. And then that first scene hit and I was like, Okay, I can relax I think, a little I think bit. we're in good hands. I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What what a what a film. All right. Um my next movie. Mm-hmm. Northman. No, no, no. 2017's <laughs> Baby Driver by um Edgar Wright. Oh, right, right, right. Have you seen have, did we do it do that on the podcast? I don't Wait, know no. if we did. No, I didn't see Baby Driver. We did Drive with Ryan Gosling. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. No. Baby Driver is a just straight up fun movie. That's kind of just all what it is. It's got cool cars, it's got great chase sequences, another um movie that has a really really great soundtrack mm-hmm. to me this is um uh edgar wright kind of like at his best um didn't love um whatever it was called soho last night, oh, in soho. Last night i actually really the liked it more the more of south the more of like this is just not the this, ending i didn't really like I didn't, but i didn't care for a lot of it actually <laughs> um the, the the cinematography is beautiful the movie's gorgeous oh yeah but the dialogue is just so not good <laughs> um anyway Baby Driver, though, I think is him, like, at his peak. Like, just everything is just going for it. You have, um, what the hell's his name? The main guy, uh, Ansel Elgort, who plays Baby, who plays mm-hmm. Baby Driver. He's got this kind of, like, cool swag about him. The great opening shot of him. And, like, it's really cool because, like, there's a song playing and, like, the dialogue of the song is, like, spray-painted on, like, the walls of, of like, the city that he's walking around in. Mm. And, like, as he's kind of, like, hitting these, like... Because it has to be, like, perfect. Like, you have to, you know, he has to hit these points at exactly the right moment so that the camera pans over and it shows those exact lyrics at that exact time when it's playing over the, um, the, the you know, when it's playing over the, um, the footage. Mm-hmm. It's just... It's, like... It must have taken so long and so much um, practicing and whatnot to like get it down pat. But I'm telling you, it's like one of the rare performances uh, performances that I don't really hate. Jamie Foxx, I kind of hate him a little bit. It's just like <laughs> I do find him a little annoying. Mm-hmm. But you have John Hamm in it, who plays a really mm. cool like badass like dude. Um, there's a really kind of sweet love story thing going on, and it feels kind of like the 1950s, but take like but it's in modern day. The dialogue is snappy and quick. I don't care what you say. Kevin Spacey is incredible in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's got, again, it's another like star studded cast. Great fucking um, uh, tra- chase sequences. It's a great just action movie, like popcorn flick. Love it. Nice. Yeah. I don't, I don't know much about baby driver. I know you've talked about it a bunch, but I always get that and drive confused. They're very different. Like, well, extremely they, both, they different. both have drive in the name. But, but the thing was funny too was I watched Baby Driver, and then my girlfriend was like, "You need to watch Drive," mm-hmm. and I was like, "Okay." And I watched Drive, and I had to shut off Drive after like five minutes because <laughs> I just came off of the high of Baby yes. Driver, <laughs> and Drive is so drastically different. Mm-hmm. That I was like, this is just, I'm like, I'm not here yet. Nope, this is yeah. not for me. And I clicked <laughs> hey, it off. Give me a week. Yeah, yeah, I needed some time. But after after that, Drive is very good. Mm-hmm. But um, Baby Driver is awesome. Mm. All right, next one for me. I'm not going to go into detail about it because I won't shut the fuck up about it usually. Um, Reservoir Dogs. Hmm. I've said it before. All right, I'll, top, do, my, I'll do my Tarantino pick next. Yeah, you top top five like movies ever that I've watched. Um, Again, star-studded cast of it. Harvey Cattell really, really, like, brings it home for me and then tim roth was like a huge point for this film where i'm I was, fucking dying here I'm dying. <laughs> my like it's just it's just such a good movie like it's it's so quotable it's so recognizable like from the opening scene of the just all of them like walking down and then you get again like we've talked about it it's a bank heist film but you don't ever see the heist yeah it's the aftermath of it mm-hmm 
It's it's such a good movie. I love it. I I love rewatching it. <laughs> I'm never bored with it. Yeah. Well, my Tarantino pick out of all of them is got to be 2012's Django Unchained. Yeah, Django's uh, really good. Django is got it somehow balances such a serious and heavy topic mm-hmm. with a lightheartedness that it makes it fun to watch but also has like the potency of like the, of that era yeah. of like this is what's actually going on the second half of that film is like nonstop go and just super fun yeah um ironically probably one of probably the only Jamie Foxx performance that I really actually enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, Why you didn't like him as Electro in I, Amazing Spider-Man? I, I never saw it. <laughs> oh, it's bad. Uh, <laughs> um, but he's really, really good in that movie. He's got. You know, there's actually a really great story. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast. Of Jamie Foxx comes in um, to uh, like kind of like do rehearsal, or oh, I, th- yeah, I think yeah, it was I actually on story. set, mm-hmm. and he kind of comes in with the confidence, and he's like gl- delivering his lines of like you know just he's kind of got like a swagger about him, and he's like he's all super confident, and Tarantino like calls cut and brings him off to the side, and is like what the fuck was that? <laughs> and Jamie Fox is like uh what? And he's like dude you're a fucking slave. He's like he's like listen all this fucking bullshit. You come here with your Louis Vuitton bag and your fucking you know you you show up in your fucking nice fancy car. He's like you got to drop that shit. <laughs> he's like, you're a fucking slave. He's like, I, we get to that point. Eventually, you get to that point of confidence and that you are the man. But right now, you're not the fucking man. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to lose that kind of, you know, that attitude about yourself. Um, it's a great story about yeah. it. It's just, it's, it's great. Um, and then he added something about feet in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most likely. Um, <laughs> it was like, hey, let me see your feet by your <laughs> <laughs> uh, But yeah, no, Django and Chain for me. Uh, I love Christoph Waltz in that film. Mm. The music again is really cool. I love how each character kind of has like their own theme song. Um, and Calvin Candy is one of the most despicable characters in all of fucking cinema that you just hate to love. You hate to love. Uh, and you know, it's just, it's great, man. It's got great action. It's got really amazing blood. I love a good gory film. Uh, the shootouts are incredible. It's kind of got everything that you want from a Western. It's got the great fucking outfits, the cool horses, the great shootouts. He ends up getting, you know, he saves his girl. His girl gets taken. He saves her. He takes her away. It's got everything. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's literally like a perfect Western. It is a fun movie. Um, and that's why it's probably the Tarantino film that I go back to the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I usually go for Hateful Eight, but that's that's also a really long one. That's a really long one. For me, It always, of course, it's always Inglorious Bastards and Django. I, those are always like, I think Inglorious Bastards is his best. Mm-hmm. I think Django is the one that I go back to the most just mm-hmm. because of how fun it is and just how how much I enjoy it. It just it just hands down is like my most um, watched Tarantino film. Yeah. All right. Next one. Uh, you don't get a lot of these films because usually like when you get a film that's kind of like the aha moment at the end, you tend to not go back to it or at least not go back to it often because like you know what's going to happen. But there's one film that has somehow made me keep going back to it and that's Fight Club. Oh, I thought you were, ah, I was, I was, I was, I was with Fincher. I, I thought it was going to yeah. be seven. I love seven. Um, I know what happens and I, I love it still. Um, but something about Fight Club, man, like it's just the way that he incorporated like these little like one second shots and like showing off like Tyler Durden, like in just a split second a frame. Yeah. It makes you go back and each time, like, I discover, like, a new part where it's like, oh, this is when, like, he was actually b- taking over. 
right. and like this is when like he was becoming more full of the character like it it just works so well i love brad pitt in it i love edward norton in it um helena bodum carter is still this sticky attractive person She's to me so strange i just i don't get it but like I'm, <laughs> I'm in it i don't know why um and it's it's just a fun story and like you get an ending that like is very much like oh we fucked up right but, but it works yeah. just don't don't ever read the comic that follows it because it, it continues the story and it makes it horrible <laughs> <laughs> okay um so my next pick is i think a movie that you love mm-hmm. um and i had a kind of you know toss up because they make so many good films but um there's really really something so incredible and so rewatchable about 1998's The Big Lebowski. So that was my last pick. That was my my top tier like rewatchable film. Okay, so, so we'll just talk about it. Yeah. I I absolutely fucking adore <laughs> The Big Lebowski. It is again top three favorite movies of all time. Of all time, it yeah. is so much fun. I love Jeff Bridges to death in this film. Um, Steve Buscemi is amazing. John He's, Goodman. Dude, when Steve Buscemi <laughs> gets fucking thrown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when he's like, when there's the, the guy is like, he's kind of, you know, the, the funny looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You're talking about Nihilus? Shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> when they go to like his, um, what is it? His his landlord's like rehearsal or something. Right, yeah, yeah. And they're like, what the fuck is this? Dude, John Goodman in that movie. Oh, he's amazing. He's incredible. Market fucking zero. <laughs> the movie that I quote probably the most. Yeah. Um, And then before you can talk about more of it, I, I, I did have, I think I talked about it on the podcast. There was like this point in time where it's like, I, it was just on like, um, like some channel, like almost once a week and like there was like a good month and a half where every single week i just watched it wow i was just like I, i'm not bored i see fucking... what you did you see what you did lebowski <laughs> <laughs> this is uh... what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass <laughs> and then you got the other one like the clean one of what happens when you fight a stranger in the alps <laughs> is that what they said yeah <laughs> Wow. The clean one is actually pretty funny, too. Yeah. My biggest um, quote that I love, too, is, like, when he, like, calls the cops to, like, talk about, like, his car being stolen. And he's like, you know, my business papers were in there. And they're like, oh, what do you do for work? And, like, he leans back in the recliner. He's like, ah, I'm unemployed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It's it's just it's an iconic film, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the bowling is so funny. Mm -hmm. It's, like, hypersexual, but, like in like the weirdest kind yeah. of way. Um, the dialogue is just like we were just saying is just so funny. I mean, it's probably one of the most quotable films ever. Mm-hmm. Um, the Colm brothers are just so good at fucking writing screenplays. It's so fun too to have a bowling movie that is very little about bowling. Yeah. And like, and yet it's still considered like a sports movie. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's like <laughs> the Colm brothers just have this unique way of making super interesting, weird characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and the scenarios that they come up with, the the weird situations, it's it's kind of like Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, I do like Napoleon Dynamite. You know what Dynamite I mean? Where it's like it's so cringy, but like you gotta you just wanna yeah, watch it. You, yeah, and it's just like so weird and strange, but you can't not 
watch it. Like mm-hmm. you have to. It's like a car accident. You just gotta keep looking at yeah. it. Um, it's just they're they're great. They're incredible. I love I love the Coen Brothers. They're one of my favorites. Um, and I like I said, I think they just write really really incredible characters. And um, I mean, Oh Brother Where Art Thou mm-hmm. is another really iconic one. Of course, No Country for Old Men. But mm-hmm. like it's just they're just they're they're so good at making unique films. Um, and Macbeth was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so my last pick, I guess, right? Yep. So this is a movie that uh, we did, um, and we both really, really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, and it's a movie that was so unexpected for me. Um, and I've gone back since and w- and have rewatched it probably four or five times um, since the uh, since we did it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Do you know Do you know where I'm gonna go? Mm-hmm. No. Um, I'm talking about 2019's The King. Oh, yeah, yeah, duh. This movie. I actually didn't like that movie. Shut up. <laughs> this movie just blew me away. This was, I think, in my opinion, like this was the turning point for Timothy Charlemagne of like going from that kind of like indie to like more mainstream of an actor. Yeah. Um, proved himself to be a real actor's actor, in my mm-hmm. opinion, during this film. Um, and again, I think that the reason as to why I love this movie so much is just because of how unexpected it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, yeah, I've seen this. I, I keep seeing it like passing, scrolling through Netflix. And I'm always like, yeah, I want to watch it. Yeah, I want to watch that. And I never watched it. Mm-hmm. And eventually I just sat down and watched it. And God, oh God, the costume designs, incredible. The mm-hmm. set pieces are amazing. The story of an actual, like, medieval-style film and f- not having, like, so many fights. It's more right. like dialogue and And planning. the character development mm-hmm. of of the king, of him, like... Tr- I mean, dude, one of the greatest lines is him talking t- after he takes over the throne or right as he's about to become the successor. He, he says, just know that you are entirely under an all-new king or something like that mm-hmm. to his people. It's dude, the ending when he realizes and he stabs and, them. In oh the my fucking god, skull. it's just so like a swift good. stab, yeah, right in the back of the head. I mean, it's just it's incredible. Joel Edgerton in that movie playing like kind of like the town drunk, sort of mm-hmm. like wit, kind of like you know, but also like a really, really great strategic um war mm-hmm. um strategist essentially. And, yeah. and, he, and he understands, and he's got like that great piece where he's like. He's like, it's gonna rain tonight, and they're like, how do you know that it's gonna rain? He's like, my, he's like, I, I have my, my right leg. Every time it's gonna rain, my right leg hurts. And if you have an injury, you know that that's very true. Yeah. Um, I, my buddy in college broke his collarbone like years ago, and then like when he, when we were in school, he was like, oh my god, is it raining? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, my fucking collarbone hurts. <laughs> like, so it's just like, ah, oh, it's just such a good dialogue, mm-hmm. man, and uh, it's great, and it, it's, it's also like just beautiful too at the mm-hmm. same time. I always um, remember this film being like that point, the height of like COVID where it's like, I think my mom got it and then we couldn't record for a week. And then like you were like one, one of your family members got it and then you couldn't record the next week. So it's like, 
in the like two weeks that we said we were going to watch this movie, I watched it like three times because I was like, I need to like remember this film. This is one of those movies that like just talking about it right now makes me want to go home and watch it. Mm -hmm. Like I just, it's just one of those movies where two and a half hours long. I know it's so long, but it's just a movie that I don't get bored of at all. There Mm -hmm. is not a single scene in that film where I'm like, this is dragon. Yeah. This, there's nothing about it. It's just in my opinion, like basically a perfect movie. It's, it's basically what I think every Netflix original wants to be. Like, yeah. it's just like that is the pinnacle mm-hmm. of Netflix originals. And then everything else is just like, you yeah. know, by the wayside. It goes King, then the ritual. Uh, yeah, then the ritual. Like all so this good. other stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's a great, great film. And it's one of the, it's definitely a film that I have gone back to time and time again. And I never get bored of it. Mm-hmm. So those are my picks. Those, those are, are my picks. picks. Big Lebowski for the both of us. Oh man, what a good fucking movie! I want to do that so badly at some point, but yeah. like, it's a weird one to kind of have a discussion about. Well, not really. It's it's same thing as like Deadpool, where it's like, like, can we pick apart the comedies? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, okay, so Zach, you have a recommendation? I do. Frank, it's hot outside right now. It's summertime. Um, I have long curly hair. And with that, you're going to fucking recommend like <laughs> growing up my hair again. No, I thought you were going to recommend the uh, the hair ties. No, no, that'd be so that'd be dumb. Um, so I, I'm recommending like anti-frizz gels. Um, gels. Yeah. So mm. for people like me who have longer hair or like just somebody that has like curly or like naturally frizzy hair altogether. Um, it helps out a lot. My hair usually still gets like a bunch of the flyaways, but like, I know it looks crazier if I don't use it. Um, personally, I use the, the brand like, uh, John Frieda cause it uses like bamboo oil, I believe. Um, and it like doesn't make my hair feel like sticky or like, it doesn't feel like a gel. It feels more of just like something that I add into my hair to like make it softer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it works really well for me. It, it's very helpful. You don't want to look like super, super crazy. And of course now with like humidity and heat, this is the time that like I go outside for more than like five minutes and my hair turns into an afro. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it helps. It, it at least gives me three minutes of my hair looking normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I, I've used a couple of different other products as well, but like I always seem to go back to like the John Frieda one. So John Frieda anti-frizz gel. That's what I'm thing. recommending. Cool. All right. Yeah. Zach? Zach? What film are we doing next, Zach? Again, Frank. Summertime out right now. Ooh. Kids are out of school. Why don't we bring them back to school? <laughs> school of Rock? Why don't we do <laughs> The Breakfast Club? Oh, a classic. <laughs> uh-huh. Our true, true classic in all in all the senses. Don't you forget, forget about, about me. <laughs> we can't legally sing it because we will get sued. Right. All right. So we're going to be doing The Breakfast Club. Um, I think that this is one of those films that uh, a lot of people feel like they may have seen or like, you yeah. know, it's just like a movie that if you're like kind of in our age that you didn't actually grow up with it. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't a film that was like, you know, like when you were a child that like just came out. Yeah. Like, you know, the ending scene of like the fist yeah. pump, you know, the the kind of like dancing shuffle montage. Right. But you may have never actually sat down and watched the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that's what we're going to be doing next. Yes. Cool. So look forward to that. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Now, Frank, roll the credits.